Welcome to the Masters in Motion podcast, where we empower Masters athletes to reach their full potential. Join us as we delve into the world of CrossFit and showcase the strength, resilience, and determination of Masters athletes, because we love this sport. I'm Jason Grubb. I'm here with Rick Stevenson. Rick, how was your weekend so far? Happy Saturday to you there, Jason. Good weekend so far. I'm a little under the weather, so I apologize if I sound like I'm talking uh, through a horn or something like that. But it's been a good weekend so far, and I have enjoyed diving headfirst into some of these quarterfinal tests, like yourself. It's the Indies quarterfinal weekend. Like, I can't believe it's here this fast after the Open. I, it's exciting. It makes this season really spicy, really fun. And like you, I was excited to see the workouts on Thursday without the anxiety of knowing that I have to do the workouts, which we will do in two weeks. But it's fun to just like jump in. Okay, here's the quarterfinal workouts. Here's a peek into what's going on in Boz's mind as the programmer for this entire thing. What is he, what's he workshopping back there? And here we get to see five workouts that he's been working on. Since we're on the topic, what have you picked up on out there in the podcast world? What have you listened to? What if, what is some of the feedback that you've heard in the social media world? It has been interesting so far. I think a lot of it is going to really be echoed loudly over the next few days, few weeks. I'm curious to hear some of what HQ might say back as to the whys. But when these were released, and we'll get into obviously the newer newer movements being tested pretty good amount of discussion around around the appropriateness is this the right group you know who's been training what is it a training exercise is it something that should be in a online competition versus a live competition because maybe it's easier to judge there all i know is if he or the games staff wanted to shake things up and generate discussion, they sure did. And 100%. specifically, the two movements that I think were the biggest, new, the new movements that were introduced, chest-to-wall or wall-facing handstand push-ups, which we had some clues that may come in the future from the games last year where the individual athletes did them. And that was something that people had an eye on, like that could come out. And then, of course, crossover Double unders were at the games last year. So crossover with a jump rope was something that may we got a peek at then and may have been predictable that we might see it at some point. But these are really the two kind of hot topics, in particular the crossovers, right. a brand new movie. Crossovers, I'll tell you from an individual standpoint, crossover singles were tested at this collective this fall. I was there on a team and we didn't have those, but to watch Everybody in the warm-up area, you know, tripping and crossing over, and they were using the ropes that were provided to them by, or if you brought your specific one from RX Smart Gear that had the Frivo rope, that they were sponsored the competition. They had there were a number of math, masters athletes already that had been exposed to them. So combining with what you said about the games, and then now to a masters competition, there there's some flashing red lights out there for everybody all of us included, hey, could be coming. Yeah, and for me, I sit back and I smile because we think about CrossFit as being the idea of being prepared for the known and the unknowable. And that's 
this is something that that is I think okay my opinion and I'm going to lay it out there that I like when we get to learn new things. I like when we are exposed to interesting st- stimulus in workouts and I know that for me when I saw crossover single unders released I remember thinking like huh these are just single unders it's only 40 hops this shouldn't be that hard and we'll talk about the individual workouts and how they might relate to masters having tested them all of that in just a few minutes but having this new movement and thinking it was going to be not that big of a deal turned out to be a really challenging <laughs> challenging modality in a workout that also had some other interesting things in it but for me it was totally unknowable i couldn't predict how i was going to feel how hard they would be what it would do to my heart rate and i love that kind of situation i love it when they test us at the games with things that we haven't really been able to practice haven't really been able to do but i do understand the question about when should we introduce new things and should we introduce new things in the open for the global population probably not or extremely carefully give giving some heads up like that there might be something there for quarterfinals and semifinals athletes that that becomes debatable right quarterfinals is still a fairly inclusive large group of athletes my age group has right 15, 1500 athletes your age group has 2500 or 35 year olds or 40 year olds have the 2500 athletes year there's a lot right. of athletes individual there's a huge amount doing this but crossovers were introduced single single crossovers so i find that to be to be curious for sure fun because i tried them frustrating as well which i'll talk about but also just okay we're paying attention interesting things are afoot the some of the talk which will has started now and i think will continue for a long time is what is a training movement versus what is a competition movement and i mm. heard that brought up on a couple of firms as well is we'll get into v ups but they were introduced or they're in test uh, test 4 i think that's the one yep they're in v ups and a lot of people they're like oh i've seen them before or maybe i've dabbled with them but boy i never thought i'd there'd be they'd have to be standardized so that they would have to be judged in a competition either online or in person i can only speak for myself but I really did a lot of V-ups during COVID lockdown. I didn't have access to a gym. So a lot of the online training methodologies were introducing those as a substitute for not having a GHD. They make, would mix them in with ab mat sit-ups. If you didn't have an ab mat, then a V-up was, a, was an appropriate substitute. I think more people have tested and worked with V-ups than they realize, but here suddenly you're flipping through a page and you're reading a standard and saying, oh, my heels be together, my feet have to be extended and all that. So what is a right what is right for the for competition versus training is going to be an argument now we're going to hear for a long time because I think there's going to be more to come in movements like that. I agree. And I think this is Adrian Bosman putting a little bit of his own personality into the qualification process and eventually the games. Which I find delightful. It's great. It's it may be slightly different than what Dave yeah, it's refreshing. That's the right word. Coming from a guy who doesn't have a GHD, who travels and works out in, in RV parks a lot of the time, I've done my share of V-ups, and they are a yeah. wonderful substitute for GHD sit-ups. I'm glad to have literally done those two weeks ago because I was doing a training session and I didn't have a GHD with me. So that's that. Before we jump into the quarterfinals, you had mentioned 
and I think it's worth bringing up, but just this article on the effect of high-intensity training in the treatment of depression, stress, and anxiety. I didn't want to skip over that. We're really excited about the quarterfinals, and we're going to talk about quarterfinals and even talk about our experience trying them out from the perspective of master's athletes and what all that means. But I think this article on depression, stress, and anxiety, as it applies to master's athletes, or really all of humanity, but really master's Mm -hmm. athletes, that, that sounds interesting. Tell me, what was that article about, and what did you find interesting? Yeah, I I think it hits maybe hits home for a lot more people than we realize, just because the spotlight that's been shown on more on mental health, certainly in the last, I can say it's been on my radar a lot more in the last couple of years than maybe before. And maybe that's shame on me for not maybe paying more attention. But there was something that was published in the in a it's the British Journal of Sports Medicine. That was a lot of research. I just read the article, certainly didn't get into the research, but they made the point where with the research that they did, that specifically this high intensity training that we are all accustomed to, they said was like one and a half times more useful at treating things like mild depression or moderate depression and dealing with stress and anxiety than just traditional medication or other types of therapy. And I think that's pulling it back away from, oh, the competition season and this, it's what are we doing CrossFit for and I think an overwhelming response and a great majority of the answers would be to be better at life, to improve our health. And it's not just, okay, what is my max unbroken pull-ups, but what is it doing for me? And I, I think if you can help society with more than just medication, and that's a whole nother discussion. Studies like this is not certainly the first study that's been out. It just happened to be the most recent one that they highlighted. I think it's important for us to realize the benefits of what we're actually doing and not looking at it just from a competition standpoint, but from the overall betterment of your health and wellness, which is the CrossFit methodology and why it's so important and why we're all here to begin with. So. Great one, and great one to see spotlighted, and I would love to to continue to see that there are more out there that promote that, and then get more people realizing that there's other ways instead of just going to medication. And I don't know if you knew this, but I was a therapist in my real life, my late twenties, and there was a a lot of doctors would lean into medication and then refer them to me for therapy, and I wasn't a great therapist, guys, so. That's, that's why I'm not a therapist anymore. But it was just so prevalent at the time. And the subjective experience that I have with high-intensity training, this hits home so much. I run high on anxiety, high on stress. My RPMs run pretty high. And the thing that helps me settle down and provides a bit of an outlet to reduce those, those RPMs is intensity. And it, it immediately started... When I started CrossFit, I got into the rhythm of hitting a 9 a.m. class every day. I went six days a week at 9 a.m. And that's a little much to kick it off with. But the experience that I had the rest of the day doing the work that I was doing at the time was just so much better having had that high-intensity training as part of my day, which ended up becoming part of my lifestyle. And now it's, it's a huge part of my world. But I was working out with some master's athletes today that traveled up from Birmingham to 231 CrossFit, where I've been training the past couple of weeks here. And they joined me and we were all just laughing at the idea of 
Some of them gave up a March Madness Alabama college basketball game to come and train because that's, that's what we do. <laughs> yep. One, it, yep. it's we're all addicted. We're all addicts. So there's that. We're all addicts. And we are able to channel the addictions that we have into something that actually makes us better human beings, stronger, fitter, healthier. And then ideally that translates into a better life, obviously. But uh, this is this couldn't hit home more than any other type of study or article for me, because this is exactly CrossFit has done for me. And I plan on doing this. People ask me all the time, are you going to do this? How long are you going to do this? Forever. I don't know. Why wouldn't I? How right. would I not? What would I do instead? It, it doesn't have to just be at the competitive level because right. the competitive level is on all accounts, whether it's the individuals or age groups, that's the tip of the spear. The general population, this is something that as long as the body holds up and even when the body starts to have more dents and dings in it, there are ways to scale around so that you continue to be active and healthy and excited to to be part of this community 100 percent. i see myself in my late 60s early 70s going to the crossfit gym joining class <laughs> and maybe much much yes, sooner than that i don't know why yeah. i fast forward i just fast forward like 25 years in my head but i just don't see myself not being a part of a community that that does hard things i love it i love that yeah and it's something where you can travel and you speak the same language as dropping into any affiliate around around the country and certainly the world too. And you don't always get that with other hobbies or the ways to spend your time than you so have true. with this. So it's it's really wonderful that we're able to do this. And if it helps people, that's even better. Even better. The individual quarterfinals, they don't mean anything with regards to qualifications for us, I had a number of text messages this weekend with people wishing me well during quarterfinals. I was like, thank you. But my quarterfinals is technically two weeks away. But I did find, and I always find, that when the individual quarterfinals are released, I want to try them out. I want to have them be a bit of a mock quarterfinals weekend for me. And I know we talked about this last week on the podcast here. Like, if this is a mock quarterfinals, we're going to record or practice recording, we're going to practice the workouts, we're going to practice strategy and which workouts to do first. And we're also going to get some clues and hints about our particular quarterfinals, the age group quarterfinals, which is, again, two weekends from now. And I think we get to see some things here that we can take notes on. I know that you completed a number of the workouts, I completed all the workouts. And so we're going to talk about each one of the workouts, because it's fun to talk about them, obviously. But one of the things I did notice, all the workouts were released at once. So I anticipate for Masters athletes, all the workouts will be released at one time, and then there will be an order that you need to submit those workouts. For example, the individuals had workouts one and two, due on Friday, three and four, due on Saturday, five, due on Sunday. Our due dates are only two due dates, so that means that we may have maybe four tests, maybe not five. Who knows? Uh, it does. Yes. Actually, it is oh. four tests. Okay. And... Now, it could be maybe five scores, but it's four tests. And something that I did hear from the, that CrossFit held a press conference immediately after the release of the quarterfinals workouts is they heard feedback from the age groups, specifically the masters. And boy, to extend quarterfinals an extra day has been very problematic for people with work schedules and family life balance, things like that. So they are t trying to take a very thoughtful approach to give us a shorter 
window, but more complete tests. That's all. That's all I was able to hear. From Interesting. That. That's so. Great. Yeah, great. not no. I think semifinals is different, but then that's a much much smaller pool of people. So I think they were trying to be nice, help us play nice. But if you're serious about this and your work schedules allow it, you're making plans already to take a day off or half a day off or figure out where the kids are going to be, things like that, because this is your sport, your time. So I'd love to see extra tests, but young folks got five. I think we're getting four. This is our March Madness, literally, quite literally, our play. Yes, it is. <laughs> the workouts, Rick, workout number one, front squats, handstand walk, front squats, ring muscle-ups, front squats, chest-to-wall, handstand push-ups. For me, I know that I actually, the order I did this workout, I did this workout second. What order did you do the workouts in? I am through four and I have done them each in order. Okay. Uh, that's just because I didn't take time off of work <laughs> and I went when I was able to. And I knew that there would be people in our affiliate to judge and to help with setup and all. And so I just did them in order. So on workout one, how did yeah. you approach that work? Did you do any scaling being in the... 50 plus age group, any scaling on that? Or did you yeah. do as written? I, I scaled only on the front squat weights, but I believe had real solid warm up, and I really enjoyed this workout. Now I was capped because I found those chest to wall handstand pushups to be incredibly taxing given how much work your shoulders had already done, but it varies breakup schemes. And I maybe went out in bigger sets on muscle ups than I perhaps might if it were our quarterfinal, but this is the time to test and to play around with some things like that and go for broke on handstand walks. You'll laugh, and I know you know that, but last year we had 10-foot increments in the 50-plus tests, and you had 25 feet. Yeah. Uh, you were laughing at me, <laughs> and <laughs> hey, I had to do all 25 unbroken. So the, this was a, I think this was really solid, really hit the shoulders, and it was taxing. I agree. I think the entire workout was the handstand push-ups at the end. How much time did you have to do them? How taxed were you when you got there? They are they're challenging no matter what. But to have to do the... I've been practicing the cartwheel to get up to that handstand position facing the wall. Yep. And that's and not they standard. They you couldn't. <laughs> yep. Okay. So, so add another wall walk in every yes. time you're breaking. Every that's time. Tough. Yeah, it's a factor. It's I think mm -hmm. it's the equivalent of one or two reps in my mind. So I'm going to plan for that as I go into the future. I got to the wall walks. Everything else in the workout felt good for me. I didn't scale the weights. Those are weights that are comfortable for me. But I got to the wall walks, wall-facing hands-in push-ups, but with the wall walk into it. And I had no idea what it was going to feel like. I had a couple of different potential rep schemes in mind. And I ended up going with a rep scheme of, I think, seven, six, four, four. But I do want to say that there was significant rest periods in there because they were, my shoulders were truly lit on fire after the first seven. I think the first seven was probably too aggressive. So like you said, right. it was a shoulder fire. We anticipated a shoulder fire and that's what we got. And I love these. Go ahead. Well, I think what was brilliant, brilliantly programmed in this is front squats because of the way you would hold a bar in the front rack position is another shoulder stress. Yes. There, there was really no break 
from your shoulders in anything here because you went front squats to handstand walks back to the front, then the muscle up with a press out and then more front squats. And then you were pressing against the wall. You had, you had the entire time where shoulders were under tension. Yes. So this is not new, by the way, in qualifiers, historically, we've had front squats paired with handstand pushups or even deficit handstand pushups. So CrossFit knows how to tax those shoulders in just the right way. And this was one of those brilliantly orchestrated tests to see if your shoulders have the stamina to to finish this in time under the cap. Of course, we look at some of the individual scores, which are just ridiculous, ridiculously fast, mind-boggling. I want to see those videos, and that's really fun. We are Masters athletes. We stay in our lane, and we know our capacity. So shoulder burner, CrossFit, if that was the plan, you nailed it. I don't know about you, but I think they nailed it. Yep, absolutely. Workout number two. We've got the single arm dumbbell snatch at 70 pounds is what was prescribed for the individuals. We've got eight on one arm. Then with that arm, same arm overhead, we've got eight lunge steps, which by the way, I really like the lunge step standard as opposed to the distance standard. Exactly. Yeah. It's big, so big, good. Big fan of that. Then you and switch the individuals arms. individuals had that last year. They too, did. I believe too. They did. It, yeah. I remember I tested all those workouts too. And then we get switch arms, do that back. And then we have the crossovers. And what was your experience in this workout? I know that you said you scaled it a little bit. What was your take on this mm-hmm. workout as you get through it? It was all about just walking in early morning yesterday and discovering if I could do a crossover. Again, as I said, I didn't play around with that at Masters Fitness Collective and maybe shame on me. That's okay. It took some practice. It took some coaching. So I have to thank my coach and another member to get me comfortable with that. And I didn't even use a rope that everybody's using. I used my regular speed rope, but we've been doing a lot of dumbbell overhead walking lunges. We've been doing them with kettlebells. Yes, I scaled the dumbbell down to 55s, but it was all about crossovers and being comfortable. Again, the score didn't matter. So I was like, oh, this is, was it was a 12 minute burner. And it was how much could you recover, I think, on the crossovers without let, letting your attention wander and tripping because you knew you were going to work hard with the dumbbell and the lunging, and you didn't want to let that slow down, slow you down too much. Your recovery was how was your crossover time? You make a really good how point. How about for you? Yeah, it was a dumpster. My, my experience was a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. I'll get to that, but I think you make a good point on this is practice. This, is, this was a weekend that, that was a 90% effort, 95% maybe to give it a little push on a couple of the workouts. Uh, a mock quarterfinal weekend doesn't mean that we're sending it, that we're giving everything, but we're getting to practice something that HQ sent out and able to receive feedback from our body as we're doing this combination of movements. Workout one, we've got the front squats and then the overhead work or the upside down work or the pressing work, shoulders on fire, really understanding what our body's telling us about the combination of these movements. Single arm dumbbell snatch, single arm overhead walking lunge into these crossovers was another experience of, oh, this is an interesting thing that my body is telling me. And what my body was telling me was, you got to practice crossovers more. Dude, you're not, fig- you're not getting it. Absolutely. So a couple of things happened. I warmed up with a couple of crossovers and I was like, ah, you know what? I'll figure it out in the workout. I'm ready to just get going. So that was mistake number one, because I did not figure it out. In the first round, not only did I just trip every third or fourth rep, 
I also did 80 of them because I wasn't, my brain was counting yes, incorrectly. Yes, i heard that a lot. Yeah, I just, yep. I did, I watched the yep. video again. I was like, wow, I did 80. Okay. So once we learned, once by the second round, I realized, okay, I know what I count and I got into a bit of a rhythm. And I'll talk about the thing that I worked on today that got me crossovers. I'll share that as my tip of the week. So stay tuned on that towards the end of the show. But the experience I had, I don't know about you, but I know a number of people experience this, that when we do Olympic lifting or even dumbbell Olympic lifting, like a dumbbell snatch and jumping, the arches of my feet turn to absolute fire. And that was what was the most painful <laughs> in this workout. I did 70 pound dumbbell snatches. I'm, I do a lot of those. I'm very used to doing that. The walking lunge was the break. That was the easiest part of the workout was this overhead walking lunge. It was where I caught my breath. Shoulder is just locked out. Totally fine. Got to the crossover, suffered through those, lots of frustration, but my feet were so achy. And I'm not sure what that is, but I imagine that there's a lot of people out there that experience that. And it there's nothing that I know that we can do except just grit your teeth and get it done. So that was my experience, but I call it a dumpster fire. And I'll share a video this week of what these crossovers look like, because it's just, hey, I'm the best of the world at some things, but crossovers are not that are not that yet. That's for sure. I truly felt helpless right at the beginning. Like I have now jumped a rope for a number of years, but I just didn't know what I was doing. How, like, oh my, how can goodness. I not? Do this? And then, yeah, it ta it takes some time to practice. Yep. Yeah, so. It, Felt good, and believe me, there'll be some more practice over there. Oh, yeah. If you're a Masters athlete getting ready for quarterfinals and you're not doing crossovers every day, or at least in some form to make sure you got it, it's, it's just, it's out there. We know what's and coming. We absolutely might not see it. Might not Who see knows? it. But the thing is, we will see it at some point. Yeah. Might as well put it in, put it in your repertoire. Workout number three, heavy barbell oh. and oh. burpee box jump overs. How did you approach this one? Oh, <laughs> had this been our quarterfinal test, I would have just I'm out. hung up my shoes. Done. I'm out. I'm done. Okay. What do we do? <laughs> we'll just call boss we, and we'll set up the, we'll be the testers yeah. at, in Columbus for the games workouts because we're not doing yeah. this. He, again, I just, I knew I was, I wanted to do this. There were a number of folks, again, in our affiliate that were, were working on this hard. And so I, I needed to scale to a weight. I wanted to get myself a good workout. I wanted to pick a challenging shoulder to overhead number for myself that would allow me to work under some stressful conditions there towards the end when you were doing fours and fives, but it was simply designed. And if you look at the scores that have already posted, they, it went as fast as I thought it would. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was a, it was a, I don't know if a lot of them went touch and go. We really haven't seen videos yet. At least I haven't. But if you didn't go touch and go, it, it was a drop and right back to the bar, real, real fast singles. This was well-designed. I think it, it was what he wanted was a heavy barbell with a little bit of heavy breathing in between because you were really pushing the pace. But 275 for the men and 185 for the women, that's a beefy barbell for both men and women. It really is. I did this workout with a group of guys today, and we were all scaling appropriately. And one of them is very funny. He's, I really should be doing 185, but I'm going to go 190 because... The fittest woman on earth who's eight months pregnant did 185 with ease. So I've got to try to do something more than that. It, she, I love that. It was great. And I watched Tia do it. Her 
what she's doing is truly remarkable. It's amazing. But I scaled this to a weight that I felt like I was trying to find that weight where I've got to think about a power clean. It's not a given. It takes a lot of concentration. It's a tough jerk. But I didn't get the stimulus of the scores that are in that three to four minute mark. I was not even near that. Oh, heavens. So I need 185 pounds, maybe 205, 215, maybe to have that speed to it. For my experience, today's effort on that was five burpee box jump overs at a moderate pace. And then the heavy lifting was where my heart rate spiked. And then I went back to the burpee box jump overs and the heart rate calmed down. It was the rest period in between these lifts. And so I probably went a little bit too heavy on these. At the same time, again, like we've talked about, this is practice. This is a way for us to test ourselves to see what our body is telling us about the experience of burpee box jump overs at 30 inches plus clean and jerks, ideally power clean and jerks. And Correct. Whatever, Correct. Whatever comes yeah, out of You wanted the power clean if you could. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I In the back of my mind, I was like, I could squat clean this, but that would be awful. And even on the set of five, I was pretty cooked when I got to the set of five. But I, the power cleans, all of them went better than I anticipated. Every power clean that I caught, I was like, oh, wow, I'm power cleaning this weight. I'm still power clean. It was, a, it was surprising every time I caught it. The jerk was fine. If I can power clean it, I can jerk it. So... I, I loved the test. I really liked it. I love burpee box getovers in small doses or box jump overs. Like five is great. If it's 80 of them, yes. I'm upset. Yeah. But like five, oh. five all day. It was an, an interruption while we did 15 slightly heavy mm-hmm. clean and jerks. But fun test, I think. Correct. Yeah. And the scores or the times for just looking at the men right now and that majority of them, there, there's a number of great number under five minutes, but I'd say the cluster of the top athletes around the world in that five to six minute range for moving that 275 for those five rounds, that's pretty impressive. So impressive. I wonder if Adrian Bosman predicted that people would go that fast. That's just a, that's a thought. We throw that out there. Nothing to shake a stick at there on. No, no. Kidding. On workout number four, we've got rowing GHDs, rowing and V ups. I thought that this was, just such an interesting workout, so core driven, consistent with workouts we've seen in the past with the sense, I remember in the past, we've had some rowing, I'm sorry, we've had some GHDs with some rope climbs and GHDs and rope climbs really tax the core in very challenging situations. And so this was just the core workout of core workouts, row, GHD, row, V-ups. You can't hit the core more than this, I don't think. And I know that I went out onto this thing hoping to get through two rounds and just get back to the row and see what happens. And I think that's where the individual athletes, they were all trying to get back to the row and get just huge numbers there. I just wanted to get a log some meters if I could. I was really excited actually when I got through two rounds. But I did find that the GHDs, I paced them a little bit too much in the first round. I went a little bit harder on the second round. I was never unbroken on the GHDs, but a nice, easy, steady pace tended to work well. I was also trying to avoid any kind of abdominal cramping on the rower, which is something that I experience from time to time when I transition from GHT to a rower. I lock myself in and one of my six pack abs, one of them just decides to just go haywire and cramp up. Stop. Oh, yep. It's terrible. Got to the V-ups and was 
fairly exhausted on the V-ups. And once I started doing them, I, I don't know about you, but they, they were okay. They weren't as hard as I thought they would be. No, but I felt the fatigue. I thought I was going to get through in bigger sets. And it took me multiple sets to get through the, my two rounds of 25 V-ups. I was actually a little more comfortable on the GHD than the V-ups, even though I'm, I don't have any problem with them. I tried to adhere to the standards and I don't mind them being in there as a test. I just, boy, I think it was an accumulation of core fatigue that just punched me right in the face. And anytime I started to row again after either the GHD or the V-ups, Boy, did I feel it. Oh, uh, an unusual feeling. Uh, I was, it wasn't a cramping, but I was like, oh, I couldn't pull. I'm like, I'm trying to make my lats pull the handle back Yeah, it, because I didn't have anything in my midline to work. It was, a, it was an odd feeling. I'm, it, was, it was, again, program. I'm sitting back laughing because I had that exact same experience. Just getting onto the rower after the GHD or after the V-ups, it was the most peculiar inefficient terrible yes. row there's no abs my abs did not want to work so i'm pulling with my arms pulling with my lats driving with my legs and yet my core my stomach muscles they're relaxed because they have nothing left at that point uh, and then everything started to work yeah. after 100 yeah, they always years. say you you want to sit down you want to make those first uh, first number of pulls hard really get the get that the fan spinning and then settle into your pace it was pretty difficult. I did the opposite. You know, for me. Yeah, no, I did the uh, opposite. Gonna, <laughs> I, I was, yeah, I was like, I don't have those hard pulls no. at the beginning here. Maybe I can settle into it, but. No, how about if so, we started like. Other people's different experiences. Yeah, I'm like, let's start with a, how about a 230 and let's work this down to a two and then let's work this down yeah. yes. to a 150. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was. Correct. Very yeah. fun. The hard pulls. It was the workout I finished that workout yesterday. I did workout two, then one, then four yesterday. This morning, I did the, heavy, the number three, heavy barbell. And I did finish up today with the fifth workout, which was progressively heavier deadlifts with progressively more complex gymnastics movements like chest-to-bar, bar muscle-ups, and then rope climbs. And I thought that was a really well-designed workout. I know you, you did not do this workout in your weekend, is that correct? That is okay. correct. Okay. No, I it, I will give it a run tomorrow, but for tonight while we're talking, teach me. I'll teach you. Let <laughs> me tell you exactly how to do this workout. It's, I don't know. Everyone's got to stay in their own lane. All so grip. I'll tell you how I did this workout. <laughs> One, I did anticipate yeah. this being yeah. all grip. And I will tell you that it was not all grip. I didn't even notice my grip at all the entire workout until about two minutes after I was done. And then my forearms did that whole thing where they get, angry and crampy and all that it's it i felt none of that in the workout which was a surprise number one because i really was pacing this workout because it's you're hanging on to something the entire time so of course it's going to get grippy i anticipated that but i went deadlifts i broke up the first set into two deadlift two sets two sets of chest to bar two sets of deadlifts at the heavier weight two sets of bar muscle ups now bar muscle ups for me are a strength i know they're a strength for you as well but again, I'd never felt mm -hmm. anything in my grip. The last set, I, I'm fairly proficient with deadlifts. I can cycle deadlifts. I went unbroken there. And I, I think you could go unbroken or break it into I'm sets. Set I think it's okay. I think either one is fine. It's just a matter of a couple of seconds. But then I got to the rope climb. And that was the most challenging part of the rope climb. And I feel like I'm pretty decent at rope climbs. But the most 
excuse me, the most challenging part was my biceps lit on fire on the rope climbs. And I'm very good at doing a very toes to bar style of rope climb, getting my toes up high, climbing up, getting up there and using my legs to pull me up. But those nine in a row, really pushing the pace on that made my biceps very tired. And listen, anytime, and you know this, at any time we do a lot of rope climbs over and over again, similar to what we did at the Legends Championship. I think we had 10 or 12 rope climbs. If there's nothing breaking those up, it's just back-to-back rope climb. It's very interesting that where the fatigue hits. Sometimes it's the core. Sometimes it is the grip. Sometimes it's the biceps. And today, it was the biceps. And it made me think, okay, so we've got chest-to-bar. We've got bar muscle-ups. This is a lot of pulling going on. Of course, deadlifts are incorporating some of that, but it really culminated with that rope climb in a similar way that workout one had those chest to wall or wall facing handstand pushups. The whole workout puts you in a position to make those very hard. Your shoulders are very fatigued when you're doing that element. That's what this workout was like. You're doing the deadlifts, chest to bar deadlifts, bar muscle ups, deadlifts, so that the rope climbs are some of the most challenging rope climbs you've ever done. Difficult. Yeah. That's the, yeah, it's a, that's the part of the workout. I love the scheme. I love the 21, 15, nine here, but you had nine, 15, 21, the first workout mm-hmm. too. I elegantly laid out, but very, the devil is in the details yes. for either the wall facing handstand pushups or the rope climbs. Yes. Two for numbers, 21 and nine, but I'm sure, yeah. uh, yes, I'll be letting you know. How <laughs> I can't wait to hear about that. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. It is. It was really, it was very elegant in the words of Pat Sherwood. These were, if you start off with a 21, the 9, 15, 21, finish with a 21, 15, 9. I, I think it was a really well-balanced test. You got heavy. You had some fast work in there. You had a lot of push-pull or pulling, shoulder fire. I, I, I like it. I like tests. And when it comes down to it, Rick, I think you feel the same way. Whatever is put out there, that's what we're going to do. This is it. It's That's okay. Correct. In the yep. sport of golf, there are some golf courses that favor the long wedge. I don't, I don't know Correct. anything about golf, but yep. throw that out there. <laughs> Let's hey, – right here. here I'll hit. Certain courses set up better for certain yeah. players. Length, conditions, winds. Some players play better in winds. Some players don't play better in winds. So they, there are – what is the phrase horses for courses there you I go mean, yeah you taller athletes versus the shorter athletes we've heard that argument in this sport ever since it began wall balls versus rowing we'll put we'll do what's put in front of us there's no doubt about it but that does tie back into what do we think we'll see i think they're going to be different truly with maybe some similar elements sprinkled in he'll obviously be cognizant of the weights for both the male and female age groups, there won't be anything like 275 overhead, I'm pretty sure. Yep. But I think our workouts will be pretty different. How about you? Great question. I I want to say that there's going to be some consistency. So I'm going to take it the opposite, just for okay. the sake of it. I, okay, I, sure. Hey. I think there's going to be some consistency between the individuals and masters, and then we're going to see at the games – variants, maybe a few more workouts where we all do something fairly similar. Now, I'm going to throw that entire argument out. Mm -hmm. If in two weeks we get a quarterfinals that's completely unique, 
this whole idea that there's going to be consistency between individuals and masters, I'm going to, th- I'm going to throw that argument out. It's going to be gone. But right now I'm going to stick to it because right. there's no information on the table and I might as well just be the contrarian in the room. And that makes it fun. So we'll have some fun with this. And again, Absolutely. we get to talk to, to Bosman this week. Virtual. We're going to interview Bosman. It's going to be a lot of fun. So our next episode, we'll have Adrian Bosman on here answering questions that we have about the Masters community and his thoughts on the future for Masters. And we're going to take some listener questions. It's going to be really a lot of fun. What we do know for sure, guaranteed, he is not going to give us any hints or any clues for our workouts. This we know. It's not even worth it's not even worth asking. That's, I think we've all learned from when we've heard Dave Castro interviewed before or certainly Adrian recently don't even waste He's your not going to slip up. Talk uh, talk about other yeah, subjects. We will. Yep, that's okay. That's quite all right. It's the time of the show, Rick, where we talk about our picks of the week or our tips of the week and I see that you have um something that I have and it is my favorite thing. What is your pick of the week this week, Rick? Excellent. Well, all right. This comes from certainly my training partner, Mike, who you know, Mm -hmm. you've actually trained with when you've been here. The Reebok Nano X2s are on sale and I think it's a very good deal. And I'll explain no infomercial here, but the X3s were released not long ago. They always do that. They've got to clear out the older model. And he pointed out how easily just about half off you can get them for on Amazon has X2s, men's and women's different colors and styles like that, but anywhere between 75 and $79 there. And then the Reebok site has them discounted as well. The lowest I found was $89. These are shoes that I personally am a nano fan and I have been, I've tried others. I just, I like the way they fit and feel. Now each model that comes out, I think I like a little differently. Not everyone has been super, but these X2s, we were very fortunate enough to be given them when we were at Legends, all competitors were, and I have immediately fallen in love with this style. So it's something that I think I might take advantage of the sale again, because I think the quality of the X2 holds up well for just about everything you're trying to do, and they don't feel so uncomfortable when you're running like some models have. Thanks, Mike, for pointing that out. The sales are still there when you hear this. Explore it, grab them. And I don't think you'll be disappointed. So it's my tip of the week. My tip of the week is this idea of these crossovers. I was very frustrated yesterday in the testing of workout two when I just couldn't get the crossovers. So I did workout two. I didn't did workout one. Then I did workout four. And then I stayed for about a half an hour, maybe 45 minutes, had my camera set up slow motion, trying to figure out what am I doing wrong on these crossovers? Cause I just could not get it. So first, a tip that helped me. For me, and when I watched my video, I saw that my right arm was doing a ton of work. That's my dominant arm. It was doing all the swinging, and that's fine. But my left arm was doing nothing. It just was lagging behind. So if you're struggling on the crossovers, what I did today when I was practicing them is I focused only on my non-dominant arm, my left arm, and I focused on only what it was doing. It needed to cross over correctly, cross back correctly. And by focusing only on my left arm, my right arm was on autopilot. It knew what to do. And the more I focused on my left arm, the more consistent I was. And that was just a great breakthrough for me. And there may be dozens of other cues that work for y'all out there. But this one cue for me was non-dominant arm, 
only pay attention to what that guy is doing and let's get that non-dominant arm doing its job and everything else fell into place for me. So that's tip number one. Tip number two is I've been using the beaded rope from RX Smart Gear. What is that rope called, Rick, again? I, it's a that's Freebo. Right. The yeah. Freebo that's rope. the rope. Yeah. I forget yeah. the name of that rope all day long. So I've been using that. I've liked... Yeah, it looks like the rope that... Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like the rope that we all learned with in grade school. 100%. It's the straight up like 1970s, 1980s jump rope. And it's got that little bit of weight to it, but it's also very light. It's good for these crossovers. I really like that. But at the same time, there was a guy I was training with today who's a former boxer. And these guys have just such an advantage on this. They did, they've done so many crossovers. It's just effortless. But he grabbed the Zeus rope which is one of the lightest of the heavier ropes that RX Mark Gear has. So he pulled that out and was just effortlessly doing crossovers. He really likes a slightly heavier rope for single crossovers because it he's got a good feel for it. The, the weight of the rope really helps him manage those well. So I practiced with my Zeus rope a few reps of that, and I liked it. The glitch was that my Zeus rope is perfectly aligned for my height. And I feel like for crossovers, we want to have our rope be slightly longer. Again, these are just a couple of tips. With those crossovers, find a cue that works for you. Maybe it's focus on that non-dominant hand. Rick gave me a tip last night that it was really focus on your rhythm. A one-two type rhythm is very helpful. Play around with different ropes. For some people, the speed rope may be just fine. For others, the beaded rope or the Zeus rope may make sense or... There's dozens of rope companies out there. As Masters Athletes, guys, we have two weeks before we might potentially have this. And if you're aiming for that high-level competition, the quarterfinals, semifinals games, you want to make sure you've got the gear just in case. They're not expensive. It's something that's great to have in your bag. So I, I don't have sponsorship or any affiliate affiliation with any of the rope companies, but I think it's really nice to have a couple of ropes that you can test in case we do see this in our quarterfinals or a month later in our semifinals. Always be prepared in this. And it's another skill to, to develop because now that it's out there in the wild, we should be sure. good at it, right? Right. Yeah. If we don't see them, that's fine. But something to just begin to work on and get progressively better over time, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's what you do with everything else in our sport. 100%. Rick, where can people find you out on the interwebs if they wanted to connect with you and say hello? Still out there on Instagram, rstevenson26. Uh, shoot me a message, say hi, and continue to send in questions. I know when you have um, done a poll, I have not done that yet, but the questions that you received, we will still work our way through them each week when we have opportunities to, but there have been some good ones, and we thank you very much for that because it's it's not just what's on our minds, it's what's on your mind, and the Masters community as a whole, I think, takes... Uh, can we can all learn together from this so i think that's totally important. agree yep totally agree and i'm at jason grub underscore fitness on instagram or at jason grub on youtube i have lots of youtube videos out there for masters athletes like and subscribe to those share those with your friends and with all that we appreciate you tuning in to the masters in motion podcast if you found this episode helpful, we'd be so grateful if you could take a moment to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app. Your support helps us reach listeners and grow our master's community. Until next time, guys, get bolder, not older, and share this podcast with a friend who needs to hear it. See you guys.